Welcome to another dynamic word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Let me, let me ask you, are you ready for the word? All right, let's open our Bibles tonight. We're going to be going in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. And uh, tonight, uh, the, the, the title of my message is Wars and Rumors of Wars. Wow, how apropos. If you've been in the news at all, if you've been watching or listening anything, you know that there's a lot going on, especially in the Middle East, and uh, specifically in Israel uh, and Gaza, uh, the southern Lebanon. Uh, you know, some other players are, are potentially ready to get involved there. You know, we don't know what, uh, you know, what uh, some of the neighbors like Iran, uh, uh, you know, we, we don't know perhaps with Syria, Jordan, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, some of the other players there that, that are border states around Israel, what they may or may not do. Uh, but we live in a world where things happen suddenly. You know, uh, something can happen before you know it, and it changes the course of, 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 of your moment, you know. Um, you can go to bed one night and wake up the next morning, and everything seems to have changed suddenly. Something that has happened on the other side of the world can impact your world uh, without your permission, and suddenly, you know, um, these things happen to the young and the old alike, you know, uh, uh, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, a teenager at a party, uh, as we saw in, in southern Israel this, this past week. Or perhaps it's a president, our president, the president of the United States, on an airplane yesterday on his way to meet high-level meetings with, with, uh, with, with a whole coalition of Middle Eastern leaders. And boom, while he's on the plane on his way to the meeting, the meeting's canceled. You know, things happen suddenly and without your permission. And uh, we know that when some things happen, things will never be the same. It can be something in your personal life, something in your professional life, something in your nation or in the world, and all of a sudden things change. What do we do when our expectations have been thwarted? What do we do whenever we, 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 we get up one morning and uh, you know, it's not the same as when we went to bed? You know, or throughout the day something happened and it seems that our expectations, that which we hoped in, whether it was hope in a business plan or whether it was hope in, 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 in a relationship or whether we had hope in something that was going to be going on and, and all of a sudden our hopes are thwarted and our peace is destroyed. What do we do? What do we do when we mourn the loss but in many ways envy the dead? Because they no longer have to put up with all of the things that we must still fight and face in our future. How do we carry on in the midst of such dreadful and evil things that can take place in a world in which we live? In the only world we have, the only life we know, the only situations we have. What do we do? Just how bad has it gotten when people began to reach for the book of Job trying to find hope? Hello? Boy, that was a good one. You know, how bad has it gotten when people go to the book of Job looking for a little personal comfort? 
And it happens. Well, this evening, we're going to explore three main principles of life that offer us direction in the time of trouble. And I know you have noticed that our nation is in trouble even this afternoon. Between the time I left my office and the time I came back here to church tonight, uh, you know, there was a, a, a... a protest in our nation's capital and more than 300 arrests of people who were protesting and, 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 and made their way into, inside to one of the Capitol buildings and, and refused to leave. You know, uh, what's going on in our world? What's going on? Well, as I said this evening, let's look at three main principles that, um, that offer us direction in times of trouble, in times when we don't know what to do, in times when our hopes are thwarted, when our peace may be destroyed, at times whenever we as a church, we as a Christian believer, we as a believer in Jesus Christ, we who have placed our hope in God, what do we do in times of trouble? Tonight we're going to be talking about these three main principles. The first principle we're going to be talking about is that this is not the end of the story. Okay? The second main principle of life that we were going to discuss tonight is that this is not the worst day of God's life. I think sometimes we may lose perspective. Sometimes we imagine that this is the end of the story. Well, this is not the end of the story. And this is not the worst day of God's life. And as well tonight, we're going to look at the life principle What do we do in times of trouble? We have to remember that our message and our mission will not change. We are the church of the living God. We are soldiers of the cross. And the champion that we must fight with and fight for is Jesus Christ. It's not a political ideology. It is not some economic hope. It is not a government that we support above that which we call our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have to remember that He is the one who died for us on the cross of Calvary. He is the one that is coming back. It is His plan that we serve. And we must remember that our message and our mission as a church and as a born-again believer will not change. We have been filled with the presence of God, with the Spirit of Almighty God, and we have been called to be a light shining in darkness. We have been called by Almighty God to be those who bring peace, those who bring a word, and those who comfort those who mourn in Zion, those who pray for peace. Well, there are several passages that I considered while I was studying for tonight's message because things kept changing on the world scene, and people continued to to offer you know, this is where we are in the Bible. This is where we are in the Bible. This is, have you, have you ever gone not just to the news, but gone to the prophetic news? Have you ever looked, you know, and at, at, at your 10 favorite preachers to see what they're saying about this? You know, there is an old adage when it comes to history. If you, if you uh, go to university and you major in history, you know, uh, uh, believe me, history is not a science. History is an art. And if you change the historian, you change the history. Hello. It depends on who's telling the story as to how the narrative unfolds. 
And literally, if you change the historian, you read one historian about President Grant, he was a drunkard. You read another one about him, he wasn't. Try it. In fact, in different seasons, when we come to, to different decades and different periods of time, what people write about the past takes on the reflection of what they feel at the moment. You know, uh, uh, the zeitgeist uh, of, 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 of this moment is different than it would have been 100 years ago and different than what it will be in 100 years. This, this tenor of the times that we serve. But in preparation of preaching this message, I studied, I read, I considered. Uh, I, was, I was looking for a text upon which I could share the truth that God had placed in my heart, these principles that we are sharing, the principles and the fact that this is not the end of the story, the fact that this is not the worst day of God's life, and the fact that our message, the church, and us as born-again believers, our message and our mission will not change, despite what may be changing around us. And uh, you know, I, I studied Psalms 83 because a lot of people believe that what is unfolding in this moment is a Psalms 83 moment. If you've not read Psalms 83 or listened to someone uh, uh, discuss it, listen, it can be quite convincing. However, if you listen to three different people preach on where we are, you will find three different messages. Some of them yes, some of them no. I mean, you change the historian, you change the history. Um, that seems to be the way that it is as well with preachers. You change the preacher, you change the perspective. You change the prophet, you change the prophecies. That's the way it was in the Old Testament with the kings. Some prophets would prophesy, oh king, go into battle, go ahead into battle. And he would say, well, there's one more prophet i got to talk to. Okay, let's call Micah over here. You know, he never says anything good. And so they call him and Micah says, oh no, go ahead, go ahead. All the prophets say you should do it. And he said, no, you tell me the truth. You tell me what God's saying to you. He said, okay, you're going to die. Change the prophet, change the prophecy. In our last election, when Trump was running against Biden, lest we forget as a church, there were prophets run amok all over America and around the world, prophesying things that did not happen. And there's no way around it. Our good ideas and our hopeful thoughts and our dreams and our visions, which came from pizza or, you know, whatever else, pales in comparison to a word from Almighty God or to just backing up and letting God be God and trying to not get involved in the things that actually God has reserved unto Himself. Jesus had the good sense. Yes, Jesus had the good sense when he was asked some questions to tell his disciples, I don't know. The Father has reserved some things unto himself. Whoa, not even the Son of Man knows, he said. Wow. Okay, so I don't feel bad not knowing. But what I know that is absolutely confirmed and is for my day. I am convinced we have some things that are 100% for our day. 
some, some non-negotiable absolutes of the Bible. You want to ask me when Jesus is coming back? I'm going to tell you, I don't know. And I don't have to know. And those people that say they know, you put ten of them in a room and nine of them got to be wrong. Hello? Oh, come on, church. This is good stuff. And it's true. I know we all have our favorite news broadcasters, but that does not make them right just because they agree with you. Let's not mistake opinion for truth. And I'm not against listening to the news. I'm just against making it your God. Or making the news your truth. Because we don't know. We need to stick to the things we do know. I not only read Psalms 83, but I read uh, and, and went through Ezekiel 38 and 39. Maybe that's the war we're in. But the players didn't seem to be, you know. And then, then you know, I, I went through Isaiah 17, Isaiah 49, Zechariah 12, Zephaniah 2, 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 4, 2 Peter 3. I went through all of these, studying, looking, trying to find a place where God would, 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 would you know, guide me so that I could stand here and tell you a truth tonight. Because only the truth is going to save us. Only the truth is going to lead us in the right direction. Well, so with that being said, uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 24. I, I, as, as I uh, encourage you to turn to a little bit earlier, Matthew 24, uh, because this is our text for this evening. This is the, the passage that I believe will encourage us to embrace the life principles that the Holy Spirit wants us to embrace in these difficult times, in these times and in other suddenly moments that might come to us, whether it's something personal or something professional, something in our business realm, something in our relationships, or something in our, our nation's need or the world or generation especially in the situation we're in right now. This is a place where, uh, in, in, in verse 3, where Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives just outside of Jerusalem, and the disciples came to him, verse 3 says. And they said, Jesus, tell us when will these things be? Speaking about the end of the world, and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Jesus, tell us. Well, Jesus begins to answer them in verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceives you. That's, that's all I've been talking about so far. Hello? Take heed that no man deceives you. For many will come in my name. Yes, they will. Do, 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 do. Many will stand up in my name and say something in my name say something for me say that they're talking for me saying I am Christ and they will deceive many and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars see that you are not troubled come on folks 
Don't let the evening news ruin your faith, destroy your faith, and put you in a place of being troubled. For all these things must come to pass, the things we're seeing right now. Listen, God is not absent of the knowledge and the guidance as to what's going on in our world today. But, he says, the end is not yet. Hmm, boy, that's not real comforting. Because everybody's looking for the end. We want to know the end. We want to read, you know, uh, everybody wants to turn to the last page and read the last page. As I said, just because someone agrees with you or incites you or stirs you up does not mean they're telling you the truth. You see, the end is not yet. That's our first principle. This is not the end of the story. We are not at the end of the story. And we must not act like we're at the end because if we do, we might decide that it's time to sit down, that it's time to back up, that it's time to quit. You know, we're at the end. Oh, Lord Jesus, oh, here, you know, here we come. No, this is not the end of the story. We are still very much engaged in the story. We are very much still in the moment when God is, is, is ready to do something. He's not at the end whenever he's finished doing something. He, we, we are engaged. In, you know, uh, this is not the end of the story. The, the story of the Bible is a story of a loving creator. It's a story of an evil enemy. It's the story of a spiritual war that is ongoing around us every day. It is the story of a victorious Savior. And it is a story of the choices that we must all make that God presents to us on a daily basis. And God is not finished telling the story yet. World events fit perfectly into the plan of God. You want to know what's going on? The plan of God is unfolding. He knew this a thousand years ago. He is a calendar. He has a watch. And he is very committed to both. He knows exactly what time it is. Only we don't. And we will have to let the whole story unfold before we can know it. It's just... You will know when Jesus is coming just about a millisecond after it happens. And you won't know before. And there's not a whole lot of reason spending too much time trying to draw it out on some chart so that you can put your dot there and say the end. We, you know, this, this may not be the day when God is attempting to achieve a temporary peace for himself or for his people. You don't know what God is doing. We watch and see what God is doing. We know what he's told us to do. We're not certain what he has told the angels to do. We don't know what he has spoken to world leaders to do. We don't know, as the Bible says, who and when he will choose, as Zechariah says, to gather together the nations so that he might pour out the wrath of his indignation against them. We do not know some things. We just don't know. We do not know. You know, what will move Gog and Magog 
to come down from the north and attack Israel? I don't know. When will the church be raptured? Don't know. Will the battle of Armageddon begin? Right now? You know, is, is the Antichrist alive today? Well, some believe yes, some believe no. One of them's wrong. Hello? I would have believed it would have been like Hitler or Nero. I would have been wrong in every generation so far. Every generation has one. When will the cities of Damascus and Amman be destroyed? Don't know. Is it time, is this the time when Elam, Iran, the part of Iran where the nuclear weapons along their western coast, is this the time that something catastrophic is going to happen there? The Bible says one day it will, and all the people of that part of Iran will be scattered throughout all the earth. There will not be a place, a country, where they do not go to. Is this that time? I don't know. Could be. Might not be. Will the next peace plan that is offered to Israel, will the next time Israel signs a peace accord, will it begin the seven years? I don't know. I thought the last one might have been. We don't know. We can speculate, but we don't know. That's my point. You see, many people imagine that, that God is more interested in peace or that, that, you know, in fact, some people imagine that, that, that salvation is, is, is an offer by God. But follow me here in this statement. Salvation is not an offer of peace between God and sinners. God's not just trying to make peace so that him and sinners can get along. It's not an offer of peace. It's an offer of death. I'll accept your death in exchange for becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hello? It's not an offer, okay, if you'll love me, we'll be at peace and we can live together eternally. No. It's an offer of you, the old man dying and the new man being born again. You must be born again. Salvation is an offer of death to sin and a new birth in Christ. Our second principle tonight is that this is not the worst day of God's life, but it may be the worst day of our life, and it may be the worst day uh, you know, of, of, of someone else's life, and God understands that. But it's not the worst thing that he's dealt with. Today is not the biggest thing that God has ever dealt with. Okay? It may be the biggest thing we have dealt with. And as I said, God understands that. And God has compassion on us. And God speaks to us and loves us and comforts us. But this is not something that God cannot handle. This is not, something, this is not the worst thing that's ever happened to him. Verse Seven, the next verse of Matthew 24, as we read, For nation, Jesus said, will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be uh, famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. And, and, but, but these are the beginning of sorrows. Well, thank you, Jesus. Just the beginning. You know, I, I personally have never experienced a famine. You know, 
or, or pestilence, you know. I mean, the mosquitoes are pretty bad around here, but, you know, or gone through an earthquake, you know. Uh, 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 okay. Verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. I haven't been there either. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. I'm going to tell you, I have not yet been persecuted like this as for being a Christian. And then many will be offended, been there. <laughs> they will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Yep, I've been there too. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. You know, let me, uh, let me tell you, this is not the worst day of God's life. And we are not yet in a place where it is as bad as it can get. Or as bad as it will get upon the earth. God will not allow more to come up on anyone than what he will also make a way of escape so that they can bear up under it. He will work all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And we must continue to trust God even more whenever we are in our worst days. We must trust God. And remember, point number three principle number three that our message and our mission will not change you see those sudden things that happen in life can distract us personal pain can often capture the mind and and confuse us uh, uh, you know uh, we can be hurt and hardship and disappointment uh, but we must not be distracted from our mission especially in difficult times especially in times when the world is crying out especially in times as we heard just a little bit earlier whenever God will be sending more and more people who are hurt and more and more people who are disappointed and in pain and confused and they don't know what to do they don't know where to turn because it seems like the whole world has gone crazy and here we are and we should be a light shining in darkness with the love and the grace and the goodness of God and with the power of the Holy Spirit to change a life that's in trouble that's hurting we live in a world that is waxing worse and worse and the temporary reprieves are the best we can hope for in this world because this world is not going to get better I heard that directly from Jesus well he wrote it down in his word so I guess we all heard it we cannot afford to allow the enemy to get us off track or off point with our mission and our message. You see, it is Christ in us. We are the hope of God's glory. It is Jesus in us. It's the Jesus you see in the Bible walking and living in us. In times of trouble, it is the Jesus that we saw in the Apostle Paul whenever he was in the midst of the Roman Empire and the, the, the most evil man that has ever lived so far that I'm aware of named Nero was causing all of this trouble and doing all these horrible things and yet not one time did the Apostle Paul mention him and preach against him but rather he lifted up Christ saying that I have determined that none of these things are going to move me 
I'm not going to get off track, off point. I have determined that I will know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I've got to stay on my message because only Jesus saves the soul from hell. I can't get so caught up in current affairs that I miss what I am called to do. And it's not that we put our head in the sand. It's not that we don't pray. And it's not that we don't stand up for our nation and stand up for our family. It's not that we won't fight. It's that fighting is not our number one go-to. Prayer is. The Word of God, the witness of the Holy Spirit, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only hope for the world. Matthew 24, continuing in verse 13, where we left off. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. He that endures to the end. Listen, it's not the end. It's the beginning. And we have a job to do. He that endures to the end shall be saved. And when is the end? Jesus answers the question then. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. So what is it that we must be busy about as a church? That we must be busy about on our jobs? That we must be busy about with our family? I'm hoping that we are reading the Bible and praying as much as we are going to the media And trying to find out what's going on in the world, we need to make sure that we are a light shining in darkness. Because our message and our mission will not change. We must proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the world, to all nations, before the end can come. And quite frankly, I don't want a whole lot more of this before the end comes. So sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with my neighbors, my friends, and with the whole world and nations is the goal of the church of Almighty God. We are called to be a light of the world and to share the gospel of the kingdom into all the world. Remember these principles of life. You know, this is not the end of the story. This is the beginning, and it can be the beginning of sorrows for a lot of people. The second thing is that this is not God's worst day, and if it happens to be your worst day, get closer to Don't get farther away. Participate. It is the worst day for many people around the world. Our prayers are important, okay? And let's not get so caught up on one side of the equation or the other side of the equation that we don't realize that God loves both. God loves the world. He loves everybody. And we're going to help everybody. And as well, to remember that our message and our mission will not change. What do we do in times of trouble? We love people and lift up the name of Jesus. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.